Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. Hello and welcome to the GC Sunscast. Before we start the episode, I'd just like to thank our Patreon producers for this episode. Old Soul, Jack's Dad, Paul Vosti and James Wood. Without you, we couldn't achieve what we are achieving right now. Now, that brings us into another topic. Last week's episode, I'd like to apologise for the poor audio issues. We received some new tech thanks to our donations from our Patreon producers and struggled with the first week of wiring and connecting it up to the software to run perfectly. It sounded good in our ears, but unfortunately it wasn't the same that was going out live to our audience. So, with apologising for that, we thank you for supporting us. And if you'd like to donate, jump on over to patreon.com forward slash gcsunscast. Like, follow and subscribe on Facebook, YouTube and SoundCloud and get the word of the GC Sunscast out there. Anymore, without further ado, on to the show. Welcome to the GC Sunscast, the only Gold Coast Suns fan show by fans for fans. I'm your host Shane, and joining me as he does every single episode is Tom. G'day Shane, how are you this week? Yeah, good, good. It's good to have some football back, and we've got plenty to talk about tonight. So Have we ever? Uh, let's get into it straight away with the news. Um, there's been some big news, but... Before that, I'd better set the soundboard for the news. Yes, that, that will do. So, Tom, tell us what's happening in the AFL women's. Yeah, big news today for the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, history-making day, really. Um, the inaugural Gold Coast Suns AFLW coach for the next season, 2020, will be a man by the name of David Lake, uh, who I like to call Ricky. I may be the only person in the world who does that. But anyway, uh, David Ricky Lake, maybe we'll call him Brian. Um, David Lake is a very widely respected AFLQ coach. He's coached a couple of premiership sides with a couple of different clubs in the AFLQ. And he's been heavily involved in the Brisbane Lions AFLW side, which has made two grand finals in the first two seasons. And they're lining up to make finals again this year. Uh, He's a midfield coach and he's also their assistant coach. So he's only making one little step up, and I think he'll be just cracking good for for our, our new team. What do you reckon, Shane? Yeah, well, hopefully the AFL women's will start to come on board now. Now that we've got a coach, we've got a, our first few signings, we'll start to get that flow-on effect with players coming in and, you know, people that wouldn't normally pay attention to the AFL women's might start paying attention by the end of the year. Yeah, well... Don't forget the Metricon Stadium was the the host of the, the first AFLW Grand Final, so 
all we have to do is win a bunch of games and we can host a few more. Well, speaking of the AFL Women's, Micaiah is set to host a Brisbane versus Gold Coast Suns AFL Women's Winter Series game in June this year. And the AFL Queensland, while we're in the top end, has also donated $40,000 to flood relief for those affected up north. Uh, also, another initiative by the Gold Coast Suns is junior club members in local clubs in Townsville and surrounding areas will get free entry into the game against St Kilda on June 15. So the, the Suns are really getting behind their, our northern counterparts. Uh, down here in the southeast, we, we don't hear too much about what goes on up north unless there is something like a, a flood or some sort of natural disaster. So it's good to, good to get that support up there. Yeah, my word. Anyway, let's get into the game. <laughs> so the JLT one kicked off this weekend and the Gold Coast Suns on Sunday night played the Western Bulldogs up in McKay. Gold Coast Suns, 11 goals, 11, 77, defeated the Western Bulldogs, 10 goals, 12, 72. Burgess, McPherson, Sexton and Powell each kicked two goals. Peter Wright, Jack Bowes and Isaac Rankin had one each. So, what uh, going into this game, I was excited. You know, first time to see the Suns live. I wasn't able to get to the practice games. But uh, I was also a bit worried. You know, a night game up North Queensland. Very slippery, dewy conditions. Not ideal to watch slick, um, good football. But it wasn't a bad result. It was the lowest scoring game off the weekend and that was due to the conditions I believe but we got enough out of it and we got to see a really good glimpse of the future for Gold Coast Suns. Oh yeah I mean I, I want to go on record here saying um, it, it, it was erroneous of the commentators and, and a lot of uh, reporters who said that with, with Isaac Rankin's first touch that he kicked a goal he actually uh, was tackled with with the ball uh, on the on the left flank, uh, left wing of the Gold Coast, um, and he ran about 120 metres to get to where he needed to be to kick that goal, and that's within the first 90 seconds. So he's influenced a, a you know a, a, a dual, you know he's influenced the, the stoppage, and then he's run back to his position, and as cool as you like. He's, I call it an Isaac Manus moment. You know, he, he's he's as good as Acker ever was, and it's his first game. Is that real? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Drew said that in the uh, press conference after the game that that's just normal for Isaac. You know, him and a lot of the other players practice those shots all the time at training, and it was just probably good to see it come off during an actual game. And what better way to bring up your first goal in the AFL? Granted, it's still a preseason game, so I don't think technically it counts. You know, nah. he kicks his first goal in round one. Yeah, the uh, the commentators will be up in arms, and uh, <laughs> the, the boys will all get around him, patting him on the head. So, but it, it's a good test run. It's a good test, and just shows what he is capable of. We got a really good glimpse of what Rankin can do. Yeah, and well, Lukosius as well. Exactly. Lukosius after Lukosius. that goal, Lukosius. Uh, pinpoint pass to Burgess. Uh, it was just an amazing kick, wasn't it? Yeah, and Lukosius, you know, he didn't look out of place and he knew where to be and what to do. He's just really cool and calm and collected. 
And, um, you know, he, he was managed. They were, they, they were all managed, the three debutantes. Um, that they could have played out the game. And uh, it would have been interesting to see. Maybe we'll see a bit more of them this week. Yeah, well, there, and there was a bit of concern over King, the other debutant. Um, he didn't touch the ball, but uh, he, he really struggled to get into the game. And I think that's partly due to who we were playing. The Bulldogs had the smallest forward line going around, and there really wasn't a, a spot, a, a place for King in that back line when you had Collins and Thompson there already as well as Ballard floating in around being a great interceptor. Um, and then they tried to move him forward later in the game, and yet at that time, the, the Suns sort of momentum had sw- swung back towards the Bulldogs, and he, he just happened to be at the wrong end of the ground at, at the wrong time. Yeah. Uh, in fairness to, to, to King, um, although he largely went unsighted, he did have, he did have uh, a few touches. Um, he It just... It just um, it's just hard to register when a player doesn't have a kick or do anything significant. He had five hand passes, three of them found a target. Um, so yeah, not not what he'd call an ideal day out, um, particularly given that he's he's noted for marking, and he's one of the only players in the whole third, however many who played twenty six of them, one of the only players who didn't take a mark. So. Um, we'll see what happens with him. It was thought that he might be getting close to AFL level, but there were plenty of blokes in his position who did a lot better than him. Yeah, well, I was really impressed by Sam Collins' performance. Uh, I thought Homsch was clearly in front of Collins uh, throughout the preseason. But mm. after actually watching Collins and watching the way he plays, it, it genuinely is a flip of the coin as to whether we play with Collins or Homsch. And... You'd imagine coming up against the, you know, three tall forward line, you'd be playing all three of them. So mm. it's, it's really going to be unlucky to the uh, the player that's going to miss out if we only go with the two tall forwards. Uh, tall defenders, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, so I knew what you meant. Um, yeah, I, 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 I am. I look at Richmond and they go with with tall defenders no matter who they're playing. And um, they go, they they don't Richmond don't get small until you get to the forward line. Um, no other teams playing with as tall a defenders as we, we we've just got really really big guys. Uh, but perhaps you could look at Port Adelaide. They've come out today saying that they'll probably go with five giant players above you know close to two hundred centimeters each. Um, so what it, I think what it really really comes down to is can either Collins or or Hobbs take over that that kick-in role if Murdoch's general play doesn't sort of meet the standard. Because we, we, we did see Mur- uh, Murdoch uh, really take advantage of that kick-in with his raking left boot, you know, put it up on the wing and, and it it wasn't coming back sailing over his head. So what did you think of Murdoch? I really liked Murdoch. I thought his game was fantastic. I checked the AFL app after the game and... The meters gained for Murdoch was fantastic. It was I don't think it was quite five hundred, but it was just below. And I don't recall too many Suns players ever having that sort of an impact. Um, no, his efficiency Weller, was I high think, too. I think Weller's really good, uh, really good at meters gained, as is Harbrow usually. But yeah, mm-hmm. like you said, uh, his disposal efficiency was fantastic, and it was the same with Sam Collins. Sam Collins was our highest disposal. Uh, efficient player with 91%. Mm-hmm. So, 
it's it's just really really tough for spots um in every area of the ground, really. Absolutely. Look, the, one of the commentators said that they reckon Sam Collins will be all Australian in a couple of years. I mean, that that's the that's how impressed they were. Yeah. And you know, he was given doing the one percenters, and which other players were doing. But you know, you expect Rory Thompson to not get that many touches, but he gets a bunch of one percenters. Well, Tom Tomo had eight. And Collins had seven, and and normally normally it's you know the next player's got three, so yeah. uh, he did, he's done really well there. Um, what a what a problem to have. We said this last week. I'll say it again. Um, I don't think Stuart Jew even knows what his best twenty-two is. No. Well, let's talk about the new rule changes because we finally got a chance to see what they're going to look like. What did you think? Uh, I think mm. the most obvious one was the six-six-six rule. But yeah. also, also the kick-out rule, and I, we saw a couple of examples of uh, hands in the back rule where you know they've they've sort of in the past it would have been a free kick, and this year was a bit more lenient, allowed it, allowing the player to protect the space. So mm-hmm. it, it really sort of changed the game up, I thought. And you look at every other game besides the Suns game, and there was a team scoring over a hundred points. Yeah, look, I. I, I think, um, well, I'll go backwards. Um, the, the point scoring, uh, you're quite right. The conditions weren't conducive to a to a hundred points each. However, um, the, there was the, the kicking wasn't wasn't terribly straight. Uh, so you know, with straighter kicking, we might have seen one or the other team nudge a bit closer to a hundred. Um, but I, I thought that um, you know it was fairly evenly weighted. The, the second quarter there weren't there weren't too many too, too many goals scored. But after that it was pretty free flowing football. And uh, getting back to the you know the rule changes that has helped it. If, if this was under the old rules, it would have been a dour struggle, boring footy, lots of there were lots of stoppages anyway, but there would have been a lot more. Um, and and yeah, I reckon. Um, I reckon that there are a few good things to start with. Start with the the kickouts that you you mentioned. Um, personally, I I really I really think that this is going to change the way that teams will not be able to to lock defensive teams inside their own fifty like they have been. Um, and the Bulldogs are one of those teams, um, and we were able to get out, and uh, and that's going to give us a competitive advantage. Not forgetting the rules apply to both teams, so you find your advantages where you can. Where else did you think that we had the had the had the wood on them? Uh, I thought we had the wood on the Bulldogs in the forward line for most of the night. Um, and the, the defense line, I thought our defense held up really well. I watching the game, I just felt our midfield was. It just didn't look up to par. Our midfield looked like it really struggled. Um, but then, mm. then again, you pointed out previously that the Dogs' midfield is top-notch, you know? Mm. It is. And, and I mean, you, you look at the guys in, in, the, in the Bulldogs who got the possessions. Um, you know, you're looking at Jack McRae, who tore us to pieces. Um, Caleb Daniel played out of the back half, but he but he still got thirty two possessions. Uh, Lockie Hunter, the Bont, Liberatore, Wallace, McLean, Dunkley. Th- these guys are, are, are Premiership players. Well, Wallace didn't play in the Premiership, but he helped them get there. Um, you know, the, 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 they 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 aren't the problem with the dogs. 
and we still beat them. And that highlights that we can beat a team whilst being beaten in the middle. Um, and because they're the t- we know from experience, they're the type of team that can lose the hitouts and still win the, the clearances. So we managed to, we didn't exactly halve it. Um, we, we, they had 45 clearances, we had 40. But I think there were different times of the game where they were on a real roll and, and really going over the top of us. So I don't know, do you think that might be just the combinations that we were, we were throwing in the centre? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Uh, looking over after the game, uh, you're able to look at the time on ground stats uh, on the AFL site and now the AFL app as well. And our preferred midfielders were all down the bottom of that. Uh, Anthony Miles only had 55% game time and he's mm. supposed to be one of our our primary midfielders. And then you, the other players, uh, where are the stats? I've got them here. Um, Miles, Ainsworth, Miller, Martin, Weller and Swallow all had less than 67% game time. So mm. as our primary midfielders, for them to play less than 67% is, it, it just shows that our, the coaches were rotating players through, giving other players a chance. I mean, we saw McPherson, Powell and um, to a lesser extent, Lemons and Archie running through that midfield doing really well um mm. yeah and then blokes like fiorini and ainsworth i i saw them a few times i didn't think they were fantastic but they they've ended up being our leading uh, disposal yeah you know, i, uh, I kind of put that down to the commentators 26 or something yeah fiorini was the was was one of our better players yeah. um he had a few clangers I have to say, though, the, the, the commentators didn't recognise players who'd had haircuts. So Lockie Weller, I don't even remember his name being called out, and he was one of the better players. Um, you've got... Um, and, 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 and Weller does look considerably different. He's more tan. Um, he's got no hair. Um, there, there was that play in the game where uh, Rankin passed it Pass Weller to to Jack Martin, and then and then Martin kicked it to Powell, and Weller was there in support, but Rankin went went past him to to the to to Jack Martin, who was in a bit of a better position. Um, I didn't know who the player was in the middle, and it turned out to be Lockie Weller. So uh, I'm with the commentators, got to do my homework, and I think maybe Fiorini's in that boat too. They just didn't they just didn't know who he was. Um, they weren't the worst commentators, but yeah, JLT one. They, they they did about as good as that you could expect. Yeah, um, and, and you'd expect come round one, we're going to have a midfield that's going to play seventy to eighty percent of the game, consisting of Miles Swallow. Uh, looks like Ainsworth is due for a, a real role in that midfield, from what we've seen. Uh, yes. Fiorini as well, uh, and Weller will rotate through there. And have I mentioned Jack Martin? I mean, Jack Martin's definitely going to be in that that midfield rotation. So, yeah, you know, the, all those players are really going to come in. And as you've said, we, we've we actually held up pretty well against the Bulldogs midfield. Um, mm. Jared Witts smashed the dogs in the hitouts, but then again, he was only up against Trengove and English. Um, and and, and, I, and I, I do I, think I that, notice... that, that, was, that got away. That, that, that was much closer. Yeah. And Witsy kind of came to himself. I think he was pretty rusty and then he... 
he really started to dominate in the second half and, and help us to the win. Yeah, but yeah, I, I they, were, they were in his a, face. I didn't notice Wits having a huge advantage in the ruck. Uh, like he's up there as being one of the best tap ruckmen in the league, but I didn't mm. really see him tapping it to our advantage a lot of the time. Uh, but then, yeah. then again, the Suns did win the centre clearances. So that's right. Yeah, it was really more around the ground that the Bulldogs were able to beat us, and that was probably when they were able to get their their numbers around the ball. Um, and they, and they were double teaming. With, well, not so much double teaming. They 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 English and and um, Trengove both had a lot of time, uh, equal time on the ball, um, and so you know when you when you've got someone who's relatively fresh coming in and you're you're you've just had it. Um, because two metre Peter wasn't going too flash in the ruck, so they didn't use him there too much. No, and he he probably had a dirty night, didn't he? He didn't get too much of the ball, but then again, the conditions didn't really suit him. He did take a lot of marks, though, considering the conditions, which I think is very impressive. He dropped a lot, so people blame him, blame him, they judge him on that. Dropped a lot, he missed a couple of goals, he, you know... There, there are things that you would expect that he would do better for the run. Um, and I think he got hyped up a lot, and that can get inside a player's head. Um, but, I, look, I, I I really hope that they don't use Wright, even though he's a very good ruckman. He didn't have the greatest night in the ruck either. But um, if, they, if they purely use him as a forward, then I think we'll see the best of him. If he's chopping out in the ruck all the time, it's I think it's too much work. So my and preference well- is to bring... While we're talking on the team, how did you think the team ran out the game? I was actually quite impressed, yeah. and I, I think I can already see the emphasis that the club has put on the, the boys during the preseason as far as running out games and pushing themselves further. You could really see that. They they really were yeah. able to just... like they, they probably didn't have the same intensity they had at the start, but I don't think it was far off. Well, look, they they were they they they, they maybe slightly outscored in the in the final quarter, but they they were behind, and then they came back, you know, and and they that includes from the you know kicking the first four goals, and then the dogs come back with four more, and suddenly all that really good work in that first quarter when when the the side was looking much much better. And then the dogs who had hadn't actually had a practice run beforehand, so they were rusty. And then they've they've come back and they're suddenly winning all the stoppages and, and looking really good. And then the boys have sort of gone, "Now nah, stuff this. We you know we 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 we're, we're going to win this thing." And a few times when you thought that they were going to run out of the path for it was you know the signs were there that they weren't looking so great. They'd kick a goal and back they'd come. So. Really happy and and really happy with... Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. That that last ten minutes, you know, like Powell kicking a goal, you know, ice cool, you know, it's it's his second season, he's still a teenager, and he's he's gone bang, and then and then um, Lockie Weller, it was probably the first time I did notice him even playing, 
instead of banging the goal in, which he could have done from from 55. But yeah, uh, you know, if if the chance was there that it was going to be a behind, and, and it would have given the dogs 30 seconds to run up the field. Um, so so um, and you know, and Burgess taking the mark and missing the goal, I, I think he might um, might hear from the coach about that one. But um, you know, that just shows Burgess is what he can add. Taking yep. those pack marks. Let, let's, let's just talk about Burgess for a sec because I don't really want to go too in-depth with all the individual performances. There's a lot to point out. But Burgess is suddenly right in the frame to be our mm. second key forward uh, or at least maybe push Lukosius out of the side and be that third, mm. third tall forward if we go with three talls. Um, he looks really good. He's got strong hands and... He certainly knows how to kick a goal, and he can get into a good position. Yeah, yeah, isn't isn't it a good problem to have? <laughs> I keep saying that. Um, look, he's he's uh, he should have had three goals. Um, one of his kicks a goal was was a disaster. So two two kicks he'd rather have back, but his disposal efficiency was pretty good. Um, he's taken a bunch of marks. Didn't end up having all that many possessions, but the possessions that he did have, I thought he showed really good quality at ground level because if it had if it had hit the deck, he was one of the first guys down around his ankles trying to get it back again. And that's that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's look at some of these other individual performances. Uh, McPherson was fantastic. Uh, I, yeah. I reckon a lot of people might have looked at us a, a bit weird when we put our... Uh, Facebook poll up for a defensive forward, and it was a choice between Lemons and McPherson, I think. Because um, <laughs> a lot of people probably were trying to cram, when they were doing their best 22, I reckon they were all trying to cram your blokes like Ainsworth, Archie, um, Aaron Young, uh, Isaac Rankin, Jack Lukosius. They're all trying to cram all this firepower that we've got into the forward line. Mm. And I reckon a lot of people would have forgotten about McPherson, especially considering he did his knee last year and spent a lot of time out. Uh, but he's just come back the way he, he was playing early last year before he hurt his knee. Yeah. He was all over the ground applying that real strong defensive pressure and he mm. always bobbed up when we needed him to to kick a goal. Well, that's where the side was go- was winning games last year was... Even if we turn the ball over in forward fifty, we'd harass and harass and harass, and it turns into goals. And you know, you could say any any player who influenced a goal was the difference between the two teams. But without McPherson, we lose this game. And you know, his stats don't look especially great, but his his pressure was just fantastic. And I think the next player we're going to talk about is Lemons. Uh, because he was there as well, they were, the, the pair of them were just terrorising the, the the big defenders from the, the Bulldogs, and they forced a couple of turnovers that ended up being Suns' goals. So, you know, that's that you can't you can't pick a side without taking that kind of thing into consideration. And I think that's what Stuart Dew was showing us last year. Yeah, uh, I've just got Jerry Stiller in the chat reminding us that McPherson did his fibula, not his knee, last year. So, uh, yeah. yes, true, and 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 we were we were we were smashing the Lions at the time, and then we nearly lost the game after he went off. So, um, he he really that really was in my mind the the turning point of the season, because without his forward pressure, 
Uh, but he did well enough to get back for the, the, the final NEFL game last year. So, you know, he's had a full off-season, so we shouldn't be surprised to see him up there. Um, disposal efficiency would be something he'd like to work on, but small forwards are really known for their accuracy, so they've got to take the risks, I guess. He, he had a left foot snap, which, if it had it turned out to be a goal, would have been brilliant. So, you know, that counts towards it, so, I guess. Do you have anything else to say about Rankin or Lukosius, or have we pretty much covered those guys? Reckon we've covered those two guys. I think, right. I think, I think. What just the one word to say on them is that they are better than your average top round draft, top draft picks, because it was a really good draft, and so it's just so exciting to see what they're going to do. Yeah. So you think they'll both make round one? It's hard because there are so many key position players in in the running, and. You know, we we had we had one of our our listeners say that he didn't think Peter Wright was should be in the best best twenty two. I, I disagree, but it's got to be an option at the selection table. If if he has another dirty night next week, well, do, you know, do they do they just hope that he gets better in round one, or do they play with the hot hand? Yeah, so, it's, yeah it's a lot I, of questions. A lot of people go different ways. A lot of people were saying, you know, we should be putting our all our young superstars in and get as many games in the, into them as possible. And then other people Plenty of time you know, for that going for a more season. balanced... Other people going for a more balanced response uh, team, you know, to sort of shelter these young boys, give them... Not gift them games and teach them how to play football. So it, it's really horses for courses. The coaching staff will make all those decisions. I certainly think Rankin's pretty much guaranteed a spot. Um, mm. Lacocious, I think, will have to fight for his because mm. certainly Burgess, Day, uh, Wright, and even Charlie Ballard is in the same sort of mould. Are all all really, you know, upping their game and pushing Lacocious to have to really show what he can do early. Uh, the other bloke I want to mention is Will Powell. Didn't he look good? Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, regardless of whether he's going to be in their side in, in round one, and I, a tip to those who, who read the player profiles, he's my next uh, feature. Um, you know, he, compared to... Look, he, he wouldn't have made the team last year if it weren't for all those injuries, right? And he didn't do a hell of a lot to keep himself in the team, but there was no one else. But now he looks like a contender, doesn't he? Like, I, I'd have him on the fringe of my twenty six. Whether he'd get into the 22 for round one, I don't know. But, yeah, he was terrific. And, and cold as ice, taking the, 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 the goal that essentially won us the match. Yeah. So, yeah, I was really impressed by Powell. He's certainly come a long way from last year. And I I think he's got the ability to be just as good as uh, at least what Jack Martin's lived up to so far. Uh, mm. So, yeah, Will Powell looks like he's got everything. Uh, just needs a bit more game time and a bit more development and growth. He should be in a few more potatoes for us. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, there were a couple of injuries <laughs> that came out of that game. We had George Holland Smith rolled his ankle early in the game, but he did return and play out the game. So it shouldn't be too much of an issue there. Maybe just a little bit of rest if it flared up afterwards. And the main loss was Sean Lemon suffered, had a Bulldogs player roll onto his onto his ankle in the near the end of that game. So it was actually just after he'd set uh, Powell up for that goal to put us in front. Um, 
yeah, it looks like lemons could be out for a bit of time. We're still waiting on scans from the club. It was delayed. Usually we'd know by now, but it looks like it's been delayed mm. due to a community camp. At least that's what Jerry still is telling me on the chat. So, mm. yeah, hopefully we'll find some more news out tomorrow. And uh, hopefully it's it's not yeah, too bad yeah. for lemons. Look, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I think in an in an AFL match, you got plenty of opportunities for 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 players to play through injury if it's managed properly. But you know, is it worth it for to risk them for a JLT match? So you know, let 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 George and 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 Sean have a have a week off. Unfortunately for Sean, if it is a couple of weeks, then you know, back to the needful, mate. Yeah. But he played really well. Yeah, yeah, he did. All right, well, that does it for the JLT wrap-up. Let's We've got about 10 minutes to chat about our midfield. So the midfield depth, this follows on from the defence depth and the forward line depth we've done over the last couple of episodes. The midfield depth hasn't changed as much as the other positions because uh, we haven't lost a, a superstar player. The only one that I can think of that we had lost was Lyons. Was there anyone else that was a regular twenty-two in our midfield that we we lost over the off season? No, we didn't. We we didn't. We didn't lose a lot of mids. That wasn't that wasn't really a problem for us. We, um, if if anything, we're we're pretty blessed for mids. Um, we had a few uh, few injuries in the midfield towards the end of last year. Uh, you know, for example, um, Jack Martin didn't play the end of the year. Um, and players who were increasingly playing more midfield, um, like uh, Ainsworth and Bowes, they were playing in the midfield on the on the weekend. So, uh, well as another guy who wasn't playing midfield, but now he is. So we, we're actually we're going to have some selection dilemmas, funnily enough, in the mids as well as in the forwards and backs. Yeah, we are going to have a lot of dilemmas because we brought in Miles, George Hall, and Smith. And Corey Ellis would be playing a midfield role. Uh, you could probably argue Murdoch as well, but I think it's pretty evident that his spot's going to be in defence for the majority of this year. Um, I think the improvement for this year isn't going to come from the boys that we've brought in. I mean, Miles is certainly, in my eyes, an improvement over Lions. They are mm. slightly different players, as much as people will say they're the same. Uh, Lions was a very much... A very aggressive, offensive footballer. He a lot of the time he'd grab the ball and just kick it, get it out. That was his job to clearance. And then around forward, he down in front of goals, he had that forward craft and was able to to kick goals quite easy. I haven't seen Miles show that forward craft yet, uh, and that's including his time when he was at Richmond. But he does. He does pay more attention to where he's putting the ball, and I think he's got a bit more disposal skill than what Lyons had. There was one mm. moment in the JLT game where Miles grabbed the ball from a clearance, and where Lyons would usually blaze away, blaze away and have a shot at goal, um, Miles looked up, spotted a, a Suns player, I can't remember who it was now, and hit them. And that Suns player then went back and had a shot at goal. I think the Suns player ended up missing the goal. But the point was, Miles had the foresight to lower his eyes and look for a target. Now, I don't think Lyons showed that too often in his time at the Suns. 
So I'm really buoyed by Miles. I think he's going to improve the side. George Hall and Smith is going to improve it from a leadership perspective, you would think. Not sure if he'll bring much more improvement for the whole team any other way. Um, but our improvement's going to come from boys like Ainsworth, Bose, Fiorini, uh, Weller, Powell, Brody, Dawson, Shear, Ellis, those sorts of boys. What do you think about those names? Yeah, uh, look, if I'm if I'm gonna if I'm gonna name some guys who are definitely in there, it's your Swallow, Martin, and Miller. They're, they're, to, to me, they just pick themselves. In, in today's poll, you've got uh, Swallow up against Brody, and and I'll, I'll confess to be the only person who picked Brody because someone had to. Um, and it's nothing against Brody, and we'll talk about him in a bit more detail after. But um, those are your three main guys. So when it comes to who's going to complement them, um, you know, George Hall and Smith being injured. I've seen him play for Geelong before, and he didn't really stand out because they've got so many standouts. Um, you, you know, I, I, I hope Brad Shear gets a go because he's been a big improver for us. I hope Will Brody gets a go. Um, but, yeah, as far as the, the new guys in the midfield, um, Miles, for me, is the only one who is a top 22 player um, out, of those, out of those two guys that you mentioned. Um, but, yeah, look, Bose, Powell, uh, Weller, I, I consider, would be a, a midfielder now. And, of course, Fiorini. Well, you know, which ones, which ones do you pick? You've got to leave some of them out. You can't yeah, have. It, you can it's pick... really tough when you then add in the mainstays like uh, Took and uh, Swallow, but I, I think you've got Took and Swallow. They they're our hard at it midfielders. Uh, Swallow's sort of he he doesn't really have the um, the the breakaway pace that he used to. So I think they're going to be our more in and under sort of players. Add Miles to that list for the rotations. And then the other mids are going to be impact players. We're going to want Ainsworth in there if he's not down forward. He's shown mm. a lot in the, the practice matches. So, mm. And in that five-game stretch last year, Ainsworth just killed them. Um, now, Bose has also improved quite a bit in the off-season and looks like he's ready for that midfield time, so that should be good. And mm. Fiorini, we saw what he can do in half a game of football in the JLT because uh, at half time he had next to no disposals. I think it might have been about four. And he's finished as our highest disposal getter. So he can certainly rack them up and make good decisions with the ball. And then I think Powell, if Powell gets a game, he's going to have an impact in our midfield, I think. He may be more of a, a winger, but he certainly knows how to get the ball. He's calm and composed when he has it. And yeah. Now, my biggest concern is Brody. He wasn't cited in the JLT one. He did have a good finish to the season last year, but we haven't seen much of him at all in the preseason. Uh, reports came out last week after the game versus Brisbane. Uh, Brody played half a game there and didn't have too much of an impact, but... He was running laps and looked like he was struggling fitness-wise after the game. So it's real concerns. If Brody doesn't play this week, we've really got to question whether he is best 22. And if he isn't, then 
what's going on there because he was a top 10 draft pick a couple of years ago and all the other top 10s with the exception of Scrimshaw have all come on. Mm. Mm. Look, I um, I don't, I, I think Scrimshaw's a different case because he he was more picked for his potential and and uh, and not for his body of work. Whereas Will Brody, he was one of the the, the you know it's at, there's certain points in in the before the draft he was touted as possibly being a, a number one pick. Um, so he's he's been a very impressive player as a junior. Didn't get as many games as he might have thought he would have gotten in his first season, but you know you you kind of you can't really just chuck chuck four young blokes in the middle and hope they'll go that well. And they, they have Brad Shear to, to to blood as well. Um, you you possibly even say Shear is ahead of Brody development wise, even though Brody did bust out and have a couple of good games. But um, I don't know. I mean, there, there's conspiracy theories that he's fallen out with coaches and this and that. And just Take it all with a grain of salt. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. If he's not fit, and whether that's due to injury or he just hasn't come through the the program, you know, in, in, as well. I mean, he's still a young, very young man. Um, I don't know. I, I, I can't. I can't really. Uh, it would be really. I couldn't even think of any any player who has like you know had some sort of controversy in the preseason with their coach and then, you know, whatever. So I, I, I refuse to believe that. Um, I just hope that he, that, that, that he gets a go, um, whether it's in the JLT2 or um, they'll no doubt have a couple of needful practice matches. And, you know, he'll, be, he'll play AFL footy this year. There's no doubt about it because he's a great player. But this, there's just so many other guys putting their hand up. It's, it's, it's really hard to pick how many players and what mix you go with on the bench. And, you know, they're, they're going to they're gonna have trouble picking 26 and then naming four emergencies. Yeah. Look, Brody's an interesting case. He's got the talent. Uh, there's obviously something keeping him out of the, the side. Uh, at the moment, I don't think that's a bad thing. He's either not up to the AFL standard, which you wouldn't think is the case. We've seen him form at the level... Uh, in the last couple of years. So it's going to be a case of either he's not getting along with people at the club, he doesn't buy in, or quite simply, and more likely scenario, he's struggling fitness-wise. And, you know, there are other players at the club that are ahead of him. As we've just listed off a whole bunch of mids, it's going to be really tough to get all these players into the same side. Only 22 players can take to the field you know, so yeah. it, it's just it's just not going to be a case. There's going to be someone missing out every week, and you see that in all the good teams. All right, well, yeah. we're almost out of time, so we'll have to leave it there. I'm sure we'll talk about the midfield in coming episodes as because it's going to be such a hot topic. But before we go, we'll go through our listener questions. Uh, Jerry Stiller on the chat has asked, as third tall, Ballard or Joyce or Collins against St Kilda? So he's obviously asking... Like in our in our fantasy, um, in our defensive line for our fan voted GC Sunscast side, we had Joyce sitting there. But you got a question now whether Collins or Ballard get in because that's probably the likely spot they're going to take. Yeah, and and but you did say horses for courses. 
No, I'm not convinced that Ballard is in the back six, not because of his game. I mean, he did a couple of silly things, but he did a lot of good things. Um, he wasn't as good as Collins, but you'd expect that Collins, with his age and experience, would be trying to sort of, you know, put down a good first game to make the impression. And Whereas Ballard's already accepted as a as a senior player, and, and uh, whether he's best 22 or not is, you know, he's fringe. Um but Jesse Joyce is an incumbent, you know. He, he plays a role. If if um, I don't know if it's Joyce or if it's Murdoch that, that that should be under question here, because Murdoch's just come in and yeah, he did some great things. But but Jesse just played a really solid game, didn't make a single mistake, and how can you? You can't really judge him on that. But it's just tough. I think horses for courses. They'll end up being a team where where Joyce just doesn't have a matchup and he and, and he gets gets stuck on the emergency list. They'll end up being a game where we just can't carry three tools. Um, I think Ballard's a winger, and yeah. I think I think Collins for the third tall in defence. Yeah, I think that's about it. I mean, Joyce is more of a, a small defender. He'd lock down mm. on those small defensive players. Uh, mm. We don't really have anyone else capable of doing that role. Harbrow and Murdoch aren't as defensive-minded as you need for something like that. Mm. And I'm pretty mm. sure St Kilda do have a dangerous small forward that could really hurt us if we don't have someone on him. So I think I Joyce even mind. maintains his position or at least is in the best 22. All right, I, wouldn't, well, I wouldn't mind Took Miller going back and tagging a dangerous, like someone like an Eddie Bates. Yeah, we could see like that in, happening in the future. Well, that's yeah. it for now. We're running out of time. So this episode seems to have gone off without a hitch. Uh, yeah. We'd like to thank our Patreon supporters again. Remember, you can support us on Patreon over at GC Sunscast, at patreon.com forward slash GC Sunscast. But for now, that's the end of the show. Thanks for joining me, Tom, and go Suns. Thanks, Shane. Go Suns. If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores.